0: Hello and welcome to Adrian Goldberg's talk show, this time the author of the award-winning blog Lucy Goes Dating. Now Lucy started online dating when she was 26, she's now 40, and give or take a five-year relationship within that period, she's been swiping left or right ever since. To quote from her blog, she has met nice guys, dull guys, Guys who think they're God's gift. Inept guys. Hopeless wastes of time. Some who didn't look at all like their photos. Some who were more attractive in real life. Some short, some tall, some super lovely and some total fucking arseholes. And yet in all that time, she has yet to meet Mr. Wright. So she carries on, in her words, war-torn and battle-scarred, living to date another day. Lucy, hello. How are you?
1: I'm fine, thank you, Adrian. How are you?
0: I've been meaning to have a chat with you for a long while since interviewing you on a on a radio programme a, a little while ago. Uh, I just love the fact that you, you keep on going. You keep reporting back on these mostly hopeless dates. But you're still in there fighting. I'm
1: sort of less fighty than I used to be. I think, you know, it's been five years now since I had a serious long term relationship. And there's only so much dating and swiping you can do. So I sort of go through stages now where I do it for a bit. And then I take a break. Obviously, the current situation is quite a good opportunity to take a nice, long, extended break since we can't go out anyway. But, yeah, I'm also I think I'm getting a bit more comfortable with the idea that actually, you know, it's not actually a terrible thing to be single. There's a lot of advantages as well to it. So,
0: you know. Now, although reading through some of the stories on your blog and you address this directly in your introduction, really, that the idea of Mr. Right... Is still there for you?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, well, I I, don't, I hesitate to say Mister Right because I think there might be many Mister Rights for everybody. You know, it's not like I believe that there's one person out there who is you know the perfect person for me. And if I accidentally miss them, you know. The, catch the later train or whatever, that's my chance gone. I think that's that's not true. I think, you know, there are plenty of people who might be suitable because relationships take work and they're about compromise. So nobody's ever going to be perfect. It's about finding somebody who's, you know, shit you can tolerate basically and who wants to work with you and you want to work with them to make a relationship work together. But yeah, I mean certainly I think that there are a few people who would be good for me. And the problem I'm finding, I think, is probably that the sort of guy that I think would be good for me quite a lot of the time is either not interested in me or he's already got a wife and three kids and is perfectly happy thank you very much so when you get to my age unfortunately a lot of people are already settled down and yes I know people get divorced and so on but actually I think marriage changes people I'm not particularly interested in having kids of my own or dating somebody who's got a lot of you know childcare responsibilities or whatever so actually finding somebody who you know, would fit with my lifestyle, who's interested in the same things that I am, is is quite hard.
0: Take me back to the twenty six year old Lucy then who started this blog.
1: Well, I wasn't twenty six when I started the blog. I I only started the blog about three years ago. But I started dating I suppose I started online dating when I was 26. Before that, I'd, I'd had the occasional sort of fling with people that I'd met in real life, but obviously 26 was was 15 years ago. And at that time, online dating wasn't really that much of a thing. So you didn't certainly have apps. There weren't smartphones or anything like that. You, there were websites, but it was sort of the domain. It was considered to be the domain of people who were a little bit sad. And, and a friend of mine started doing it and told me I should do it, tried to persuade me to do it. And I went, oh, maybe. And then I didn't. And then a while later, I spoke to her again. And she had met somebody through online dating and was like, well, so how did you get on? And I felt so guilty that I would said that I would do it and I hadn't, that I then decided to sign up. So I signed up to, I think at that point, over the course of the next sort of five years, I tried eHarmony, Match.com, Guardian, Soulmates, I think were the three. And obviously went on a variety of dates, had a a few different kind of short-term relationships and then met my ex-partner on Match.com in
0: 2009. Okay, so you are living proof that online dating can work, at least for a time anyway. You did end up having one five-year relationship out of it.
1: Yes. I mean, I do think it works. I absolutely think it works. But I think it sort of works for certain types of people and maybe not for others. Because I've got friends who... I've got a friend who you know just makes me so angry because she was in a long term relationship for 7 years she broke up with the her partner and she went on one internet date literally one and she met this guy and now she's married to him and they have 3 kids and i have another friend who i think met somebody on her sort of second or third i had a housemate who has never been single because she married her childhood sweetheart left him for another man when that guy dumped her, this was when she was living with me, she'd seen me going on loads of internet dates. So she signed up. And again, similarly, went on like two dates and met someone and she's married to that guy now.
0: What's the difference with you then? I'm sure people have asked you this a lot, but are you you too picky, do you think?
1: I think I know exactly what I'm looking for and I'm not very willing to compromise maybe. And I think what I'm looking for is quite difficult. I think there are some people who you know, are very open-minded and are quite happy, you know, sort of just to be with anyone. I have a, you know, a busy lifestyle. I enjoy the things that I enjoy. I'm looking for somebody who's going to be able to share that with me. I'm also quite sort of, I don't know how to put this, I guess high-functioning, high-achieving, you know, I'm I'm kind of looking for somebody who is equally kind of go-getting. And the sort of, I feel like the sort of guy who would be a good match for me if he is a nice guy and not an asshole and he is quite you know he's relatively attractive and he's quite successful and he's a nice guy and he wants a relationship which is also i think a lot of the problem is that a lot of men single men around my age don't really want relationships or, or not really the sort of relationship that i'm looking for which is you know committed monogamous relationship so you know the the few guys that, that do fit the, the you know the qualities that i'm looking for probably quite often are already are already married because, you know, they wanted that and they went out and found it.
0: Mm. Why the impulse to record and to, to log these experiences and share them with other people? Because a lot of people might say, look, you know, the nature of online dating or any kind of dating is that probably there's going to be some disappointment involved, some of which may reflect on you, if you're honest, but you don't seem to mind that if you put it all out there.
1: Yeah, I mean it was it's this sort of thing that's grown kind of organically. You know, I think anybody who starts a blog doesn't think immediately, "Oh, I'm going to write this and loads of people are going to come and read it and start commenting." I, I started because I, I love writing. I'm quite creative. I was having all these experiences, and I, I guess, I wanted to start sharing them. And I think as well because most of my friends are now coupled up, and they always sort of found the stories quite interesting. So I, people were telling me, "You know, I should start a blog. So I, I guess, I didn't really have any reason not to, and I thought I'd give it a go. And then, you know, once you start and people start responding, you you kind of find yourself in this situation where you kind of almost feel like you have to continue because people are, are expecting it and people are asking for it. And that's really flattering and lovely. And then I've had lots of lovely comments from people who, you know, have said that I've helped them, that I've given them confidence to date again. Or, you know, quite a lot of guys read the blog sort of trying to pick up tips. So I almost feel like it's even sort of part of my mission to kind of coach people a little bit i mean i I don't consider myself an expert at all i mean i'm obviously terrible at dating otherwise i wouldn't still be here doing it but um i think i do know what women are looking for in many respects and i think a lot of guys fail at dating or come across terribly not because they're awful at all but just because no one's told them how to present themselves well i mean the number of guys who've got sort of awful photographs on their on their profiles or you know haven't bothered to write a a bio or whatever and i just like I, I quite like the fact that i can help guys present themselves better and present themselves in the way that women then won't go oh god he looks like a total waste of time and just reject them when actually they're probably you know quite decent guys at heart
0: so what are the the blokey no-nos then if you're online dating
1: oh where would i start <laughs> um well online dating is a funny thing anyway because you know when I started, as I said, there used to only be websites. So there was a lot more information that you would put on it. You'd have a whole profile with loads of opportunities to write a lot of words and have photographs as well. And now you just have apps and people are making the decision to swipe left or right based on almost no, you know, you, you probably make that split second decision within say, you know, well, five seconds or something. So the photographs are probably the most important thing. And I think a lot of guys still they just put up whatever photos they have i think a lot of people just don't take photos of themselves which is part of the problem and when they do have photos taken it's you know when they're on the piss with their mates or you know on holiday pulling a stupid face or whatever so those are the pictures that they use because those are the only pictures that they have and i think what what they need to to start doing is actually thinking this is like a job application and I need to prepare my CV in the way that I would an actual CV and therefore if I haven't got a nice photo of me I need to go and get one I can't just put up anything so you and and, and they're probably a bit embarrassed and they probably maybe maybe they don't have a mate who knows how to take a decent picture but everybody's got a smartphone and everybody can look up online and pick up a few tips and then they need to actually go out and post nice photos not you know a a topless mirror selfie in the bathroom or yeah these kind of photos with lad mates with loads of beer or as I say mirror selfies gym selfie and basically any selfies topless is no photos with ex-girlfriends is obviously a no photos with a bunch of mates who are all better better looking than you is not a good idea (laughs) So yeah the photos is is one thing and and then the next thing is obviously is is what you write in the bio and I've I've swiped left on quite a lot of people either because they haven't written anything and that to me just says look you're not invested in this at all you don't really care you're not going to engage and if you do you're not going to make any effort and I can't be bothered with people who are not going to put in even the the slightest little bit of effort or ones that just write like one word two words you know again this is this is your chance your one chance to make a good impression so why would you not Why would you not use that?
0: You've talked about the inept men that you've come across. I mean, tell me about some of the worst dates that you've had.
1: Oh, this will be a hard one. I I think inept is probably the kind of the number one sort of my, I suppose my number one reason why things don't work out is because just a lot of guys are just a bit rubbish. Um, and you know and that's that's fine and they're probably perfectly lovely and for somebody else they might be you know just absolutely right but you know I kind of I'm as i I'm looking for somebody who's who's go-getting and who's assertive and charismatic and confident and you know can be a, a sparring partner for me and I think a lot of guys are just sort of a little bit Beta, for one of a better word. I know that sounds probably a bit again, and a bit kind of, a bit mean. But you know, and that, well, that's perfectly fine. But they just wouldn't be for me. So I'm just trying to think about like, what would be an example? I think you know, it's almost hard to remember because they're they're just unmemorable. You know, you go and they they're not very good at conversation. So because I'm obviously quite chatty, I end up just kind of rabbiting on a kind of monologue and they ask very few questions. That's actually one other thing that is a problem. I I don't think it's just men, I think probably men and women, obviously I don't date women, so I don't don't have personal experience of this, but not asking questions and not showing an interest is one of the biggest problems I find with the online chat. Because if you're trying to have a conversation with somebody by text message, the conversation falls flat really fast if you're not both putting in a bit of effort to ask questions and to kind of keep the conversation going. And it always bemuses me why guys don't ask questions, because if if I'm chatting to somebody and I think, well, this might be somebody that I might want to go on a date with. There's so many things I want to know about them. I want to know who they are, what they're interested in and what they're like, where they're from, you know, what they're looking for, all that kind of stuff, because I want to find out if they if we'd get on. And. So when you're chatting to somebody online and they don't ask you any questions, I'm a bit like, well, what, why would you not be interested to find out about me if you think you might want to meet me at some point?
0: In a different way, then, this is not ineptitude, but you blogged on a number of occasions and you had a relationship for quite a few months with the person you describe as Mr. Non-Monogamous. Just tell me about that relationship.
1: Charlie. Yeah, so he he's... In many ways, I think he would—he would be the sort of guy that I—I am looking for, apart from the non-monogamy thing.
0: And he's married already, yeah.
1: He's married now. He's married. Yet yeah. he—we met actually. We met at a house party, and you know, obviously, as soon as I found out that he had—he had—he was in a relationship, I—I well, I was just like, well, I'm clearly this isn't going to be a thing. I was attracted to him, but he's—he's he's extremely charming. He's extremely confident, and he is a, a go-getting type. You know, he's successful. He's—he's, he's, you know. He's he's very charismatic, he's very outgoing, he's extremely intelligent. So he then pursued me and I was, you know, being like, no, please go away because you have a girlfriend and this is not for me. And and actually, I think that's one of the things that was very attractive about him was just his confidence and his, you know, his, his decision that he was going to go after me. And that's, you know, as somebody who doesn't get pursued very often, that's incredibly flattering and I think possibly for him as well, there was maybe this kind of cat and mouse thing going on where because I was going, no, 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 you know, that made him pursue me more. And then him pursuing me obviously made me feel, you know, really attractive. And 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 you know and, and the fact that, you know, a guy who gave off the impression of being the sort of guy who really could have anyone because he's so confident and because he is in this open relationship, which means, you know, he can have anyone he wants, assuming they say yes. You know the fact that he would choose to pursue me was 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 really flattering. So eventually, kind of after, in fact, I think we had kind of eight dates before you know anything happened, and I I kind of went into it thinking, well, first of all, thinking no, I'm not going to do this, and then after a while, thinking, well, you know, what's the harm? Because I'm single. He's, you know, I checked it all. Checked out his story. Checked out. He definitely wasn't cheating on his partner or anything like that. So, you know, I was like, well, if, you know, if it's okay with all of them, then, you know, for me, I didn't have anyone else at the time. It wasn't like I was, you know, cheating on somebody or whatever. So I just thought, well, here's an attractive man who wants to hang around with me. Why not just give it a go and and see what happens?
0: So in this case, he was non-monogamous with you and with his partner, but you understood that his partner was quite okay with that.
1: Yeah, because I because I'd met him at a house party, and I and he was a friend of the person whose house it was. I was able to check out that the story was was real, was legitimate. So I wasn't worried at all that he was spinning me some kind of line, you know. And I, I kind of started to investigate a little bit the whole non monogamy thing. And I think you know it, it does make a lot of sense in many ways because a lot of relationships end because. Of cheating or because you know the relationship goes stale because you you stop having sex after a while or or whatever so I can see how if you're wired that way and you can deal with the jealousy or whatever it it can work for you I I just you know I tried it and I it just didn't work for me
0: because every time he went home you said it was like a, a punch to the stomach for you
1: yeah, it made me really sad, and you know, it worked for a it worked for a long time because you know we 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 were together for about um, over a year, and it, it it worked and it didn't work. You know, I kind of as long as I sort of could just try and ignore what was happening when he wasn't with me, then you know I could sort of turn a blind eye to it. But then, as a, as you say, when he'd leave and go back to his wife, that was always always making me sad. And then also because we were friends on social media and so on, I'd see his happy family photos and so on on Facebook or whatever Instagram, and I couldn't stop myself from looking at those, even though I said, you know, I could just not look, but it's just that kind of compulsion when you like somebody, you know, I kind of, I don't know if the situation would have been different if I had been the, the primary person. So for his wife, you know, she, she's married, they're married now, they live together and, and she gets to keep him. Do you know what I mean? And if he goes out for the occasional weekly meeting with me, then, you know, I guess as long as she can deal with that, I think, you know, I'm I'm obviously not a threat to her. Whereas, so if I had been in her position, I don't know, maybe it would have been different. Maybe I could have dealt with that, but being the second best all the time, never being able to spend the weekend together never being able to go on holiday together, always coming second. It's just, yeah, it's not, it's not much fun.
0: And do you have any other rules? I mean, would you date, a married man, for example, uh, who, no. who was in uh, a, a monogamous relationship.
1: No, no, no. Like, if if somebody's cheating on their partner, then no. And why would I? Why would I want to date somebody like that? That just makes them a really horrible person. I once, similarly, I was on a work trip with a colleague who, when as soon as I met him, I was like, "Oh, you're really attractive." And then about three seconds later, he mentioned a girlfriend, and I was like, "Oh, okay, then nothing's going to happen." And so I just kind of. I think it's a weird thing where basically I, I can be quite attractive to married men because at, at the point when I suddenly realize that there's in my head nothing's going to happen, I stop making any kind of effort, and I can just relax and be myself. And then I think that that potentially makes me then become more attractive because I just don't give a shit anymore. And then this guy then on the work trip then made like came on to me, and at that point I, I just didn't find him attractive anymore because I was like, you've gone from being this fun, attractive man who I who I can kind of casually and flirt with in a really kind of innocent way to being a creep who would cheat on his girlfriend and now I don't like you anymore.
0: This might sound like a a daft question because obviously you're a real person with emotions and you can get hurt as is clear in the blog but is there a danger perhaps that you can become addicted to the blog and addicted to the storytelling to the point where it would actually stop you having a long-term relationship even though at some level that's what you dearly want?
1: I don't think so. I I don't blog as much as I used to. So for two years, I blogged every week. uh, You know, I wrote a post every week. And that was actually, that got quite hard because it's a lot of work. And funnily enough, talking to you on a podcast, you know, I'm sort of thinking, actually, this is so much easier because I don't have to take the time to craft and write. Maybe I should have done a podcast rather than write the blog because writing 2000 words takes takes many many hours and so it was becoming quite pressured it was I was putting all this pressure on myself to write and I think at that point yes I think it would have been a a problem to try and fit in a relationship around all of the time that was taking and also this 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 issue of at what point do you tell somebody about the blog and if somebody goes and reads all of that stuff you know all of my past experiences do they know too much? Are they going to judge me? Is it going to make them insecure? So, you know, all of that can, could have been a, a problem. And as I, as it was, I didn't meet anybody. And now I think if I did meet somebody, I would hope that they would be the kind of relaxed, open-minded, creative sort of person who would be fine with it. Um, and I'd just find a way to sort of repurpose the blog or write about something else. Or maybe I would just quietly shelve the entire thing put it in the past and, and never tell them.
0: There've been a couple of quite serious work crushes that you've written about. Do people at work know that you are the Lucy of Lucy goes dating? I hope not. <laughs> I sincerely hope
1: not. There are a few there are quite a few people in my life who do know because I'm terrible at keeping secrets and so most of my most of my good friends know. But I don't tend to tell work people because you know, it doesn't come up, and because i i'm self employed so I work in lots of different places. I'm never in one place for long enough really, to sort of become really close friends with any of the people that I work with so yes, I sincerely hope nobody knows i mean some of them some of them may do may find out um I had one friend who recognized me in the writing. a friend of hers had had recommended the blog because she was single, so she started reading it, and as she read it, she started to recognize all the stories that I was telling and she texted me one morning went is this your blog I was like oh no but it's fine she she just she approves and appreciates it and hasn't told anybody else as far as I know so
0: I'm going to put something rather crudely now and this perhaps reflects an innate difference between men and women I hate to be sexist about this but this is based on my real life experience and conversations I've had with men and women men I know who have used online dating have used it in order to get a shag, to put it bluntly. The women I know who've used online dating have used it to try and get a relationship. It's a very stark, black and white and rather old-fashioned view of men and women. But is that accurate?
1: In my experience, yes, I I would tend to agree with you. I mean, obviously, it's a spectrum and there are plenty of women also looking for sex and there are plenty of men who are looking for relationships. But, you know, I think... possibly statistically, yes, I I do find there are a lot of guys who do push to move to sexual relationship much more quickly. And most of the women that I, I know in person or speak to on the blog constantly voice their frustrations with that. So that says to me that, you know, there is an imbalance between what the men are looking for and what the women are looking for.
0: There's something quite self-lacerating about the blog. I mean, you posted this email that you got from a troll. You didn't have to do that. And the, the email from the troll, I mean, that is very old-fashioned and very very narrow-minded view of sexuality, reeking of the 1950s rather than the, the 21st century. But this person who contacted you said, uh, nice guys who would put your happiness first and treat you like a lady could never be serious with anyone like you. To put it simply, you can't turn a hoe... Into a housewife, you must have been hurt when you got that. Why did you put that up on your blog?
1: Oh, I wasn't hurt about that one. There have there have been a lot of other things that have have hit much closer to home than that. That's just nonsense because I know that I'm not a a a hoe in inverted commas. And even if I were, like, you know, so what? I'm a single woman. I can sleep with who I like. It's fine. So that was just I posted that because I thought it was hilarious because it's funny how people can get this impression of me. That is so far from the truth and I, I do I find that quite both interesting and sometimes entertaining when you know people tell me I'm they think I'm a slut and I'm like mate I've like slept with one person in the last two years so <laughs> you know yeah you know, I'd be quite proud if I was having enough sex to qualify as as a slut frankly but yeah that some of the comments I I have had particularly around the the, the Charlie the non-monogamy thing and there have been some I think mostly women, actually, who came to this conclusion probably about a year ago that I was a husband-stealing whore because I had said that I had had a crush on a guy who had a girlfriend. And I think but then because I had gone for a drink with the guy who had a girlfriend, although it was just a, you know, as I said before, it, it was just a friendly drink. I wouldn't ever get involved with somebody who's in a monogamous relationship. But they decided that I must be lying about that. And that I was, you know, on some sort of mission hellbent to get my claws into other women's husbands and boyfriends and I got quite a lot of abuse for that and again I kind of I just shrug it off because I know it's not true so they can say what they like it doesn't bother me but it it did get quite aggressive at one point.
0: At this uh, time of coronavirus you've written uh, 10 reasons why being single and on your own is a great idea and 10 reasons why it's shit. On balance which is it?
1: (laughs) Oh if I had to pick one I think it's quite good, actually. I'm. It's hard for me to say because I haven't lived with a partner for five years now, and I think it would have to depend on the relationship that you were in because, you know, if you're in a loving relationship with somebody that you get on really well with, then I think that would obviously be much better than than the situation that I'm in, which is not having anyone around. But given the balance of probabilities, if you've got a spectrum between, you know, a relationship that is – brilliant all the time and a relationship that's 100% awful all the time most relationships fall somewhere in the middle and actually then you know you're having arguments and they're getting under your feet and you know they're creating mess and and so on actually I think probably having the peace and quiet of having your own space and being able to do your own thing without anyone getting in the way or judging you is is quite peaceful and nice actually
0: Okay, well, uh, if Mister Wright is out there for you, Lucy, just remind us of the qualities you're looking for in him if he's listening to this podcast.
1: (laughs) Um, I'd say the the two main qualities I'm looking for is somebody who's got get up and go and gumption and and kind of drive, and somebody who is kind and decent and honest. So those, are, I think, would be the, the two main personality traits that I'd be looking for. And then to fit with my lifestyle, I, ideally, I'm looking for somebody who hasn't got children and enjoys travel and adventure. And, and physically, somebody who's taller than me and doesn't have a big beard, because
0: I'm not really a huge fan of big beards. And when you say taller than you, you are?
1: I'm five foot eight. So I'm not that tall. But I'm, I'm tall enough that it starts to slightly become an issue because, you know, any guy who's also 5'8", five, 5'9", five, even 5'10", isn't, isn't quite tall enough really because I like... It's a weird thing and, you know, you can psychoanalyse this one all you like, that we've been... Maybe we've been raised on this diet of this idea of men supposed to be the strong protectors. I don't quite know where it comes from. And maybe it's my own insecurities about, you know, wanting to feel petite and feminine. And again, this idea that feminine equals small... I don't know where that comes from. But, yeah, I just don't feel kind of right and sexy and attractive if I'm, if I'm bigger than or the same size as the guy that I'm with. It's that kind of feeling that you want to be able to look up to him and you want to be able to rest your head on his shoulder and you want him to be able to put his arms around you and sort of that kind of thing doesn't work if the guy's not at least a few inches taller, unfortunately.
0: So Mr Darcy, basically.
1: <laughs> well, he was a bit of a he was a bit of a dick, actually. So uh, maybe not him. I don't know. I don't. I'd I'd have to think quite hard to, if there's a fictional character who who would fit.
0: Mm. And my final question, though. I mean, you have been in a, a long-term relationship, so we know that you are capable of that, and that's good. That's a positive sign. I have to say, <laughs> uh, uh, many, many of the um, many of the men I know, I'm having to be very careful and choose my words now because I'll no doubt offend one or two, but many of the men that I know, let's say over the age of 35, who are on their own, I can understand why they're on their own. At the same time... The women I know who are over 35 and on their own, I find it much harder to understand why. And clearly a lot of the men that you've had relationships are are quite into you and and have said similar things to you as well. Ultimately, do you think that you are perhaps just too picky? Or is there an argument when we're talking about living with someone that perhaps you can't be picky enough?
1: Well, I think what you say is, is fair. I mean, again, it's interesting that you, you say as a man, because, you know, I obviously only have my female perspective and I think I might, I sometimes worry that I might be biased. And when I think all women are not all women, but you know, most of the women are fantastic and most of the men are a bit rubbish. Um, And that's why there are more, there are so many single women because, you know, they want to find somebody who is, you know, up to the standards that they themselves have. And if guys are just being a bit rubbish or, you know, as you say, there's reasons why they're, they're single, Um, And there just aren't enough of the decent ones to go around for all the, the lovely women that are looking for them. So, you know, if you can lower your standards and be happy with that, well, then great. But, you know, for me, I just think if I had somebody around the house all the time who was, you know, not pulling their weight or, you know, not being a nice person or I didn't fancy, well, I think that would be a pretty rubbish relationship. So, you know, you can only be attracted to who you're attracted to unfortunately and you know you can be open-minded about you know things that are less significant like you know hair color or you know what he does for a living or or whatever but at the end of the day I think what it always boils down to is chemistry I would sort of go back to this idea of a a guy that I, I I have sworn I still swear and I always swipe left on guys who say they are smokers I will not date a smoker. I think smoking is disgusting and it stinks and it's bad for you and it's horrible. And yet I have dated two smokers because I met them in real life and they were so attractive and really lovely and they made me laugh and they, you know, we just had a fantastic chemistry. And, you know, I don't know whether it would have worked out. long, Well, obviously it didn't work out long term with either of them. But I suppose the point is that you can have deal breakers and you can have things that when you meet the right person they just don't seem to matter so much anymore
0: and we should make it clear as well lucy that you're not a a good looks snob here in fact you've often said that really good looking men can be off-putting to you because quite often you'll know that they're only too well aware of it and we, and they'll be a dickhead
1: yeah, I mean, again, that's possibly me being a bit judgy as well, because maybe there are some really, really lovely, down-to-earth, good-looking guys out there. But again, in my experience, I think it's my own my own insecurities as well, because any guy that's really, really attractive, I mean, and my my ex-boyfriend, I thought he was, I thought he was very handsome, and then I'd get very jealous when you know we'd be in a, a bar and some girl would start talking to him and then I'd be like oh my god but you know she's so much prettier than me though maybe he's going to fancy her more than he fancies me and then I'll get all insecure and that's the thing that would ruin the relationship not him you know talking to another girl but me then being insecure about it so I think it's kind of a balance I want to find a guy who I think is really attractive but in a kind of nice looking way you know not the sort of guy who's going to get stopped in the street and asked to be a model or whatever Um, And guys who kind of spend too much time down the gym, again, this sort of self-absorption probably suggests to me that they might not be the best boyfriends.
0: Lucy, I hope he's out there for you. Mr. Wright. Really good to speak to you. Thank you. You can find Lucy's blog and it is really well written and well worth reading as well, particularly if you are single and in the dating game. uh, LucyGoesDating.com. Thanks very much indeed for listening to Adrian Goldberg's talk show. You can email me if you want to maybe suggest uh, an interview or two at goldbergradio at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Goldberg Radio. Thanks very much indeed. See you next time. Cheers.